Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. Good morning, everyone. It's exciting to be here. We are so happy about the grace of God that rests upon Embassy City Church. I'm so thankful for Tim and Juliet and the family and all that God is doing through them. What a blessing to have a senior pastor that walks in so much love, preaches the word of God just like it's written, and is a blessing to people all over the world. Amen? Can we just give them a big hand today and be thankful for them? I'd like to also thank God for my wife, those of you that may not know her, Lady Valerie Exum, sitting right here in the front row. She is such a blessing to me. My assignment today is to talk about the beauty of faith, the beauty of our faith. For the last few months, Tim has been preaching to us about faith, and there are so many examples that God blessed him to give us through the word of people that functioned in faith, did exploits by faith, they built by faith. There are just so many things about it. And as I look at that in my own personal life, and so many of the people whose lives I've been able to observe through the years, the one thing that I surmise from all of it is that there is such a beauty in our faith. I know that people ridicule us sometimes because we believe God. Sometimes we believe things that they don't understand because we know what the scripture says and they may not. And sometimes our faith can look like foolishness. I'll never forget back in the early 90s, late 80s, Dr. Fred Price in California wrote a book called Faith, Foolishness, and Presumption. It really helped people who were out on a limb in their faith and were taking things to extreme to come back and be grounded in faith. But sometimes our friends, even our relatives, our co-workers, they don't understand why we believe what we believe. And I'm glad to say today that the faith that we stand on here at Embassy and as individuals is not based on our faith. It's not faith in our faith. It's not faith in other people, although there are some people I do have a lot of confidence and faith in. But the kind of faith I'm talking about is not based on other people. It's not based on our feelings, and circumstances. But it's based on the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I celebrate the most during this season of holidays and the Christmas season is the virgin birth of Christ. You know, people may not believe it, But I believe that Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that we have a savior that came to the earth and died and rose from the dead. 
I believe that we have a Savior that is coming back again for his church. Can you say amen? amen. And not only that, I believe in, in God to such a point that I believe what is written in his word. I have faith in God's word. And so, having said that, I would like to share four points with you today. And I want to talk about the, um, the reality of faith. I want to talk about the mystery of faith. Actually, the mystery first. The mystery of faith, the reality of faith, the history of faith, and the reward of faith. Amen? So let's start by talking about the mystery of faith. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 10, it says, for it, is, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly, openly declaring your faith that you are saved. It's by open, openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Well, what the verse says before that in, in Romans 10, 9 it says, with, it says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And then with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And the mystery there is so profound to me because a man or woman can be made right by, with God by believing in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and by accepting his lordship. To me, that's a miracle. And that miracle to me is a beautiful thing. That means that any person in this audience today that is not sure that if Christ is real or what we celebrate is real, they could find out and believe in their heart based on the word of God, the scriptures, that Christ Jesus is Lord of all the earth. They could actually believe it in their heart today. And notice what it says if they believe in their heart, not their mind. It is not a reasoning that brings a person to belief in Christ. But a seed of the word of God could be planted in your heart supernaturally. And if you came here not believing... If you came here doubting whether it's true or not, you could literally, in a matter of a few minutes, walk out of this church with the belief and with the seed in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's a mystery to me. Because most of you know, just like I do, you talk to family members, say, come on and serve God with me, or let's believe God together. And they look at you like you've lost your mind. And sometimes you get frustrated trying to share the gospel with people. But then all of a sudden, sometimes it seems to us, out of nowhere, there's a seed that's been planted that we couldn't see. Maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was a coworker, a friend, another family member. But they shared the word of God and that word began to take root in them. And then you begin to see the results of faith. It's a mystery. 
But when you see it start to bring forth, it's so beautiful to me. It is so wonderful to me how that people's faith can grow, how the seed can be planted, and then you can develop in faith. I realized a long time ago that there are a lot of different stages in our faith. The beginning stage doesn't look so beautiful to most of us. I'll never forget when I first got saved, I went to my pastor and I told him I was having some challenges. And I'll never forget the look that he gave me. He looked at me and said, you know, if I could only make you understand that he will always take care of you and that everything's going to be all right. Well, I had pressure from every side. They were talking about evicting me from my apartment. My job was laying me off. And I left there saying, does this guy really know what's going on with me? How can he be so sure that I'm going to be all right? Now I understand what he felt and what he knew by faith. I understand that he was not in the beginning stages of his faith, but he had gone through a process of building his faith. He kept hearing more and more of the word until his faith got to a place where his faith would not be denied. He could not be told that God wasn't going to do it. He would not accept that God wasn't going to take care of you. I want to encourage you today that the care for his sheep is the least thing that God is concerned about in the sense about whether or not he can or will do it. He will care for you. You never have to worry about whether God's going to take care of you. But at the beginning stages of faith, you're not so sure because you haven't seen it for yourself. The other thing that I think is beautiful about faith and the mystery of it is that you can watch things develop in faith. And God has more than one time manifested himself because of faith. And he's done things and he's showed us things and he's, he's delivered us from things and, and brought us into things. He didn't just bring us out of the world not to take us into his purpose for which his kingdom has brought us. Amen? In Romans 5 and 8, it says that in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. It's a mystery to me how that God will send his son to die for somebody who's ungodly. He says about mankind, he said, you all, me included, you won't die for a righteous person. But Christ died for people that were, he knew was going to reject him. In John 1, it says he came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. He died for people that would totally reject him, totally write him off. The Roman soldiers, the centurions, said that he was a, a wine-bibber and a babbler. They said he was crazy, out of his mind, but yet he died anyway. And that mystery is so profound to me that a man or a woman could be forgiven. Think about that. I was forgiven. According to Romans 5 and 1 in our notes, that we are therefore justified by faith. And because of that justification, we have peace with God. It says, therefore, since we have been made right or justified in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, 
has done. To be justified means that when Christ hung on the cross, he became the propitiation for our sins. Now that big word just means that he satisfied Father God's need or necessity for sin to be judged. All of the sins of the world came on Christ, past, present, and sins even of the future. All of them came on Christ. He became the propitiation for our sins. In 2 Corinthians it says, for he made him to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What a miracle. What a blessing. What a beautiful thing that I you and anyone else who believes it by faith can be justified in the eyes of God. And God doesn't look at your sin and say, yeah, I know what you used to be, or I know what you used to do. But it, the Bible says that he cast our sin as far as the east is from the west, never to remember it anymore. And that's why we don't have to walk around with guilt ever again. I don't do guilt because I realize the magnitude and the beauty of my faith in Christ. The Old Testament uh, law could not redeem us, but it was given to Israel so that they could see where they were wrong. And when they came to Christ, when they came into the New Testament and had the opportunity to come to Christ, he said he's not a Jew who's one outwardly in Romans chapter 2, but he said he's a Jew who's one in, inwardly. And the change of heart is what makes us true children of God. And so it is a beautiful thing to realize that I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and what a mystery that is. How can really that happen beyond a blessing and a miracle and the beauty that's in our faith? And then the reality of our faith. In that same vein, the reality is I'm not looked at as somebody that God is angry with anymore. I'm not looked at as someone who has failed God. I'm not looked at as someone who is outside of the realm of God. You know, it literally makes people mad when you say you talked to God this morning. They're like, who do you think you are you talked to God this morning? Yeah, I talked to him, and not only did I talk to him, he talked back to me. Because I have favor with God. The same kind of favor that every believer has access to. Man, the reality sometimes when I wake up and look at what it really is, because, you know, people try to treat Christians as if we're uh, a couple blocks away from reality. But no, the truth is that according to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, He hath blessed us. And, and the word hath or has Past tense is used all throughout the first three chapters of Ephesians, especially. And you know what that means? That means it's already done. That means what, what God was going to do for us through Christ is already done. When he was on the cross, Christ says, it is finished. What, what he was saying is the curse of the law is finished. He was saying that 
The work needed to be done to provide for every person who will believe by faith on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is finished. And anything that needed to be done has already been done for us. I know that there are different streams of thought. There are different camps, if you will, that believe we have to wait on God to do something for us. But I want to tell you, by the word of the Lord, it's already done. It, it tickles me sometimes when I talk to young ladies and young men about being married. And they said they're waiting for God to give them a mate. Well, I said, well, you're going to be waiting a long time because there's only a couple examples where God inspired somebody to be somebody's mate. But what we have to do is we have to believe that God has given us the wisdom and the good sense of Scripture to make a choice about a mate. And then when you make a choice and make a decision, stick to that decision and be godly throughout that time. Amen? But I'm not one of those that believes that we have to wait for anything. I know, I know, and I might make some people upset this morning that there are people that are waiting to be healed. There are people that are waiting to be blessed. You are waiting to be delivered. As soon as God delivers me, delivers me, I'm going to be all straightened out. No, you already have been delivered. You already have been blessed. You've already been healed. You may not feel like it. You may not look like it. You may not even act like it. But it doesn't change the word of God. Because the word of God is forever settled in heaven. And it cannot be changed by a circumstance. There is a, a reality to our faith that I'm just so blessed by that I can hardly hold back my joy sometimes because it's a reality to me. It's not a TV commercial. It's not something that just came along haphazardly. There was a lot that was paid for you and I to have faith. And you know, I'm glad to have seen the beginning stage, the middle stage. Uh, I don't know if I'm three quarters or almost at the end, but I've seen a number of stages of this beautiful faith that we are exposed to. Did you know that every time you come to church and hear the word of God, it inspires you to believe God at higher levels? Every time you open your Bible at home at work or wherever you open it, it inspires you to believe God at different levels. Believe me, if you re recognize the beauty of what you have right now and where God is going with you, how he's carrying you and taking you someplace, you will see like I have seen how beautiful this whole thing is. I mean, a person can go through suffering and still have faith. It has been a wonderful joy for me to see people who have challenged, been challenged in different aspects of their life and then to realize that they still believe God. Look at our next point, the history of our faith. In the history of our faith found in Romans chapter 11, verse 32 through 39, let's read it together. It's a, a powerful statement it says, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to 
Count the stories, account of the stories of faith, of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephunneh, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. In weakness, they were made strong. Their, in weakness, their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from the dead, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at. And their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. And others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over the deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. These people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. Wow. That is a profound text to me because not only do we have their example, we have so many living examples. I mean, as a pastor, I can't tell you the number of hospice situations that I've been exposed to. Some in the hospital itself, some in people's homes. And that feeling like most of us would have if there was grief about the possible loss of someone you really love or someone you've pastored or someone you've broken bread with and built a relationship. It's heartbreaking for all of us. But I can't tell you how many times I've gotten to that situation only to find that that person, because of their level of faith, only because having lived life through the stages of life, how that they encouraged me, how that they were not sad about their condition, how that they did not charge God foolishly, foolishly about what had happened and how their life had went, how that they had no regrets as to where they were at this moment, even though they knew that everything in this life was about to be a wrap for them. Man, I can't tell you how beautiful it is to see a man or woman smile when they think about going home to be with Jesus. I used to preach everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there. <laughs> the Bible says that we have passed from death unto life. Because our faith is so beautiful and so powerful, we don't have to be afraid of death. It was me yesterday when that pickup truck had an accident in the intersection and it started rolling right toward me, flipping in the air faster than I could imagine. I didn't have time to holler Jesus. I didn't have time to say anything. It was coming right at my driver's door. And when it got there, it flipped right over my car. <laughs> Hallelujah. It clipped my side mirror off and that was it. It didn't even shake me. 
the beauty of seeing somebody know that they're about to leave this life and not only be happy about it, be overjoyed about it. It didn't come overnight like that. It came because God had met their need in the small way one day. Because God had touched somebody they knew in a, in a minute way. And they saw a little bit of the manifestation. And then as they kept growing and believing and reading and, and serving and worshiping with other believers, their faith began to grow until they had faith not only to live, but faith also to die. Man, I hear a lot of people talking about faith to live, but I don't hear a lot of them talking about faith to die. I'm glad today I have faith to live. But I'm also happy today I have faith to die. I have faith to leave here because I know that when death, when I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear any evil for he will be there with me. His rod and his staff is going to comfort me. And, and it's, not a, it's not a fairy tale. It's not a fantasy, although it sounds like it to some people. But God, according to the book of Revelation, is going to take out his handkerchief. And it must be a big one. And he's going to wipe away all tears. He's going to wipe those tears from our eyes. And, and I don't mean to get on anybody's nerves this morning, but I hear people say, I know that my mom is up there watching me. No, she's not. Because if she was watching you, she would be sad. If my mom was watching me, she would be miserable right now. But there's not going to be any, any misery in heaven. God said, you've already been through that. And like the Apostle Paul, they can say, I've fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Now is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Can you say amen? Man, our faith is so beautiful. Our faith is so beautiful. Not only is there the, the mystery of it and the reality of it and the, the history of it. Man, look at all the people that have gone before us and stood in faith. I hear them all the time, it seems like. I'm just saying in the spirit, not in the natural. But I, I sense that people are saying, come on, Michael, you can make it. All you have to do is stand for today. Don't wait for the new year. It's not a year that God is going to bless you. It's a day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. Can you say amen? Every day I get up, I realize that I have the opportunity to keep building faith. If things are not working out the way you want them to work out, and your faith is not moving mountains like you want it to move, just keep on hearing more of the word of God. Because the more you hear, the stronger your faith will get. And it will separate you from the doubters. It will separate you from those who refuse to believe what God has said. Somebody ought to give God a praise right now. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The history is so powerful that nobody can snuff it out. Nobody can make it go away. Nobody can say it didn't happen. I, I happen to love this part of the history, and it was Daniel, how that he wouldn't bow down to the king's order. And the king was in trouble because he really liked Daniel and admired Daniel's discipline and his favor with God, but he could not uh, go back on what he ordered. And he ordered it at the sound of these instruments, everybody should bow down. Daniel says, like, hey, I'm not going to do it. 
because I worship one God and he's in heaven. He's the creator of all the earth. And so the king says, well, I have this fire. I heat it up seven times hotter. Anybody know about that seven times hotter fire that, that Daniel was talking about? Yeah, it happens to us. But Daniel said, King, we don't even have to have a prayer meeting about this. I can tell you what I'm going to do. He said, the God I serve is able to deliver me. And then he said, the God I serve will deliver me. But this is the part I like. He said, if he doesn't deliver me. <laughs> See, the kind of faith that we have that I'm talking about is so beautiful is the kind of faith that says, if he doesn't do it, I'm still not going to bow down. If he doesn't save my house, if my car does get repossessed, if I don't have a job to go to, I'm still going to worship God. It's the if he doesn't do it kind of faith. Like, God, I believe you're going to do it, but if so happens that you're not going to do it this way, I'm still going to come to worship service. I'm still going to lead the choir. I'm still going to pray with the prayer warriors. I'm still going to do what I promised you I was going to do. What is that? That is a beautiful faith that's down on the inside that nobody can take away from you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And then lastly, the reward of our faith. Man, scripturally, the rewards are obvious. Heaven is the ultimate reward. But before we talk about the ultimate, let's talk about the epitome of our faith. And the epitome of our faith is the sharing of our faith. I can't tell you what a reward it is for me throughout the times of my life that I've had the opportunity to scare, share the scriptures with many people around the world and see them respond to the scriptures. Or even one-on-one, -on -one, when somebody says, can I talk to you in a coffee shop or anywhere, and you get a chance to share the gospel message with them, and you see the response from the word of God taking root in their heart. And they respond by saying, I want to know this Christ that you know. What a reward. When you see people filled with the Holy Spirit, it means they have yielded themselves to the Holy Spirit. The whole doctrinal argument about the Holy Spirit and this and that is not about whether you have the Holy Spirit. It's about whether the Holy Spirit has you. Because when he has you, you can yield yourself to righteousness rather than to yield yourself to sin. Because whoever you yield yourself to becomes your master. And it is a beautiful thing to understand and see when a person yields themselves. In Cleveland, I pastored for 28 years there before I came here. And so many times at an altar call or after an altar call, or even through the week, we'd get a call sometime. And people would say, I was touched by the word of God and my life hasn't been the same. It wasn't a man. It wasn't me. It wasn't just a gift. But it was a word of God that has power. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible is clear what the word of, do, word of God will do if people hear it and respond to it. And so many times I've been so rewarded 
by seeing not just the people that come to Christ or are filled with the Spirit, but to see people bear the fruit of the Spirit. Man, it is such a reward. And you can feel and experience that same kind of reward by allowing God to use you. Wherever your faith is right now, just realize it. You got a beautiful thing inside of you. Your faith is so beautiful and powerful and ominous. We don't know our potential because we don't really sometimes have a grasp on how much faith we have and where it's taking us. But I promise you, it's deep down on the inside of you. I like every person to bow their heads and close their eyes for a minute and think to yourself, pray with me, about what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.